This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to bat, Brett Boone. Hey, welcome everybody. It's time for the Boone Podcast, the third podcast of the week. I'm the executive producer of the Boone Podcast, Rich Rare, along with Gold Glover, Silver Slugger, and uh, Marriott Lobby Lizard, Brett Boone on the podcast today. Where are you, Booney? I am in, it, it is getaway day, Rich. I'm here in uh, lovely Chicago, Illinois. And uh, I'm out here seeing Jakey. Jakey's playing in the Frontier League and uh, drug dad with me. Well, actually, now that I'm looking at it, he drugged me because it's been a lot of work lugging that old man around for three days. But you no. leave Bob Boone alone. He's my favorite Boone of all of them. I'll tell you, they, it, when we got a Jake Boone trip coming up, believe me, Brett is, I, I am kicked to the curb. It's like, it's all about Jake. It's all about yes. grandpa and, and grandson. And I had that relationship with my grandpa. So I know how much it means to him. It's very cool. And uh, well, okay. So let's set up for everybody exactly where Jake is and what he's doing. Because we haven't talked a lot about Jake on turning two with Boone. So Jake Boone is the eldest of the four Boone kids. No, uh, he's not. You're wrong already. Rich. Oh, wait a minute. I'm wrong already? All right. Savannah Boone is Oh, Savannah's the oldest. The oldest. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Savannah's the oldest, then Jake. Then Jake, yeah. So Jake went to Torrey Pines High School, then played college baseball at Princeton. Pretty smart right. kid. Right. Real smart kid. And he'll let you know that he's smarter than you. Him and dad have battles because dad is a Stanford grad. Right. So then the Princeton comes home and Jake, you know, those Princeton guys are a little snobby. So, so, but it's for the first time because growing up, uh, Aaron and myself, we went to USC, which, right. you know, prominent university, but it it's not, a, it's, it's not a Stanford. Right. So dad would always have that one up on us from an academic perspective. Oh. Yeah. Well, SC's nice, but it ain't Stanford. Well, now Jake can kind of equal him. It's, hey, Dad, Stanford's pretty nice, but I don't know if academically it stacks up to Princeton. So, no, very cool. Yeah, he he, Jakey uh, signed with the Washington Nationals out of Princeton, uh, played with them for a year, and, and there was a real logjam for him in, in Washington. Um, they had made a bunch of trades. They got a bunch, bunch of trades. It, it was the, it was that Scherzer time. Scherzer got traded. Soto got traded. Schwarber got traded. Uh, Trey Turner got traded. And when that happened, they had a huge influx of of young at the low minor league level. A lot of influx of talent. So there was a logjam down there, and a lot of guys weren't getting that that five or six days a week that you normally get in the minor leagues. 
And I got, we got to a point with Jake to make a decision. It's like, Hey, you want to play here three days a week and kind of be in a log jam, or do you want to get out and see if you can play? And and now Rich would, the way major league baseball is going is they, the frontier league leagues like that, uh, independent baseball is becoming more mainstream because major league baseball is, is cutting back on their, uh, on their, uh, affiliates. They eliminated 40 teams, uh, probably two or three years ago. And they, they cut the draft down from 70 some odd rounds when I was, when I was signing out of college and now it's (coughs) 30 some rounds. And I think as time goes on, I think the the major league baseball owners, I think they're going to go more from a business standpoint is, Hey, go to the independent leagues, let them develop the young players. And then we come in and then we pay the independent ball teams, you know, whatever the fee is, 15, $20,000. And we get that player. So from a business standpoint, it makes sense. Uh, and it shows a better opportunity for Jake and, uh, you know, he's doing good. He made big strides from last year to this year. This is a big year for him, though. You know, playing at 23, it's a time to kind of put up and and really dominate this this league to, to move on with your career. But it's it's a lot of fun watching his journey. So and we've changed it now from player from player procurement where it used to be just straight player development. So if I'm if I'm the Seattle Mariners, I'm going to have one A ball team, one rookie league, one A ball, one double A, one triple A. But I can look at all these independent teams and go, wait a minute, I got a guy like Jake who's 23. Look, he's tearing the cover off of that independent ball in in Chicago. I can grab him right now and slot him into high A or double A if that works. Yeah. And, 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 you know, people, a lot of people ask me, I I didn't know what to expect when I came out here and I watched the games. I didn't know what to expect. How good is the competition going to be? I'll tell you, especially on the offensive side, Mm -hmm. there's some talent uh, from the hitting standpoint here. There's, there's, experienced guys. I mean, there's guys that have been in triple a double a and are 27, 28 years old. So they're, they're polished professional hitters. Uh, and, and then once in a while you'll, you'll see some good pitching, but it's really hit or miss. That's what I've noticed in this league. The hitting's well above the pitching, if that makes sense. But, uh, opening night here, we got here for the first night and there's a new guy that, that they were excited about their, their number one starter. He was throwing, he pitched a nine inning shutout and shut these Mm. guys out. And now the next two days I've seen their opposing team that they're playing right now score 22 runs. So, like I said, the hitting's ahead of the pitching in this league, but once in a while you'll see a guy, you know, hitting 95, 96. So it's, it's good. I'd I'd put the level at in between an A ball and a double A uh, from a, from a competition standpoint. Because I always remind people, the best high school player that your city has ever, ever, ever produced never got to professional baseball, never got to the big leagues, maybe got stuck in rookie ball and never made it out of there. So when we're talking about guys that are playing minor league baseball, these are the best that you've ever seen in your hometown. Well, it's interesting, too. You know, when I worked uh, with the A's in the minor leagues, that's the first thing you see out of the draft. You see that hometown kid from some small town, and he was the guy. He was the cat's meow. And now he was he was a he was a big fish in a small pond. And now all of a sudden he's a small fish in a big pond. And and. But then, but then you see as as they go on throughout their career that the real players that are going to make it and make a career out of this they separate themselves and usually separate themselves pretty quickly. So I, I don't know. I think the whole process is interesting. I, I I've seen this side of the ledger. I see what it takes and and the dedication these young players, not just in independent baseball, but in the minor leagues in general, and it it, it 
puts a smile on my face because I know how rigorous it is, how hard it is. When these guys make it at a 27 and 28 years of age, uh, we just talked us, about Drew Maggi, who finally made it up to the big. It, I mean, it, it's awesome. And and to the general public, the the typical fan, I hear a lot of these players. They're overpaid and they're this and that. But I said the sacrifice that these guys give up, you know, a 27 year old guy that makes it to the big leagues for the first time and maybe ends up getting, making a five or six year career out of it. What he gave up 27, basically he's given his life up. He's dedicated himself to his craft and, and to see guys like that one day when they make it, it, it's really cool. And it's really rewarding because being that I did this a long time for a career, I know the rigors and what it takes, not only in the minor leagues, but then if, you, if you're fortunate enough to get to the big leagues, to stay in the big leagues, it's really hard. And that's why you only see the best of the best. So, uh, yeah, it's it's fun journey. It takes me back uh, 30 years to, to when I was just starting all this, and, and it's really cool. Okay, so l- let me ask you this. I'm looking on, on social media today. I see the bone, the Boone 29, and I know the truth of game, so I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if Brett's standing there, front row, screaming, yeah, come on, let's go, Jake, get a hit. I'm out of, I'm usually out of sight, out of mind. But. They wrote me into this. I know what you're I talking I did about. see a video of you chipping golf balls. Yes, the uh, the general manager On the field down. during, during in the middle of the game. He came down and he said, Booney, in the eighth inning, you know, we, we pick, pick a, sometimes they do it a player, a pitcher that's not pitching that night versus somebody in the crowd. I happened to draw one of the pitchers. It was, it was me against uh, one of their pitchers that was down that day. Wasn't going to pitch. So we went out there in the eighth inning. There's a lot of pressure though, because you know, Jake's looking at me going, dad, don't screw it up. Right. I'm thinking it's, I'm hitting off a mat. Don't hit it fat. Don't hit it. Don't hit it long. But at the same time, I'm not really worried about hitting a great shot. I'm just worried about saving face and not embarrassing myself. So actually, I hit, I hit a great shot, and then I, and I'd won. I'd beat the guy before me, and I said, "Give me another ball. I want to see if I can hit it closer." That rubbed him a little bit wrong. Like, did you have to rub it in? Then I hit the second one even closer. So I was impressed with my uh, my two swings yesterday. Okay, so that brings me to my point: is take us along on this road trip. So it's you. It's Bob, because I'm sure this brings back memories of you being in the minor leagues and maybe a family member came to see you. Maybe I think Sue probably came to see you play in the minor leagues. Maybe Aaron tagged along. Uh, Maybe Ray got a chance. Um, What's it like for you sitting in the stands watching Jake with your dad? It's. I, I give dad a hard time because he's always taught, you know, he goes from one at bat to the, Jake would have a great at bat. He hits a bullet in the gap and his next at bat, he'll roll over a ground ball. And, and he couldn't praise Jake more after that bullet in the gap, how far he's come and how good he looks. And the next at bat, he's rolling over. He goes, see what he gets is he gets, he gets swinging too hard. And I'm like, dad, it's one at bat. Did you forget how hard it is to hit? And, uh, but you know what? I, I had the same relationship with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And he was tough on me. He'd do the same thing. I'd be waiting. He'd be waiting for me after the game. We'd be in San Diego playing the Padres. I'd come out and I could go three for four. And Gramps would first thing he'd say to me, what happened that fourth at bat? And I'd say, you know, I was a little older, a little wiser by, by that time in my life. And, and I knew it was coming. I'd say, Gramps, what about the three good ones? He goes, well, I, those are obvious. They were good. I want to talk about that fourth one. How'd you give that? How'd you give that fourth bat away? That's just the way it was. That's what grandpas do. And as a dad, yeah, 
grandpa, I'm calling my dad grandpa now, he'll wear me out during the game with 80 different scenarios. But I I sit back and I, and I think, you know what, as much as I get annoyed and frustrated, this is beyond cool, you know, to be able to sit there and share uh, this moment, not only with my son, but with my pops, who who has dedicated his his life to this game and, and has been and, you know, played forever and has been an executive forever. And he's he's kind of coached and managed. He's kind of been there, done that, seen everything. It's really cool to see when Jake has a good game. I mean, could could grandpa be a prouder grandfather? No, he was just like my grandpa. Yeah, I mean, he's just walking around beaming from ear to ear, just waiting for somebody to ask him about his grandson. Hey, is that your kid? Yeah, so it's really it, it's as much as I as I give dad a hard time. It's really I, I feel pretty darn fortunate to be able to sit there and and three generations of baseball just getting getting to be a part of that. Well, now four generations with Jake playing professional. Well, if he, if he doesn't screw it up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So you're getting ready when he has kids, and you go to the game, and you'll you'll ask your. I'll, I'll be the, I'll be that guy. I'll be that yeah. guy, and they'll be like, ah, that's what grandpas do, you know. So okay, so wait a minute. Let me let me let me. Go, let me go down this rabbit hole a little bit more. Of I, and that's one of the things I loved when I, I come out of the clubhouse after the game. I was running to go do the post game show, but I'd see all the dads and kids waiting for the player to come out. Describe that moment after the game in the tunnel, away from the cameras. The, the reporters like me are gone, and either it's a little kid running to hug his dad. Or a son coming out to see his father because you now you get to experience both. So talk to me about what it was like when you were a little kid, and Bob would come out after the game and you're waiting in the family area. Uh, you know, when you're a little kid, you don't really care. It's like, yeah, as you get a little bit older, you you kind of are wise enough to know: did Dad have a good game? Did they lose? Did they win? The kind of the mood he's going to be in. And my dad was always really good at leaving the game in the locker room. But that uh, hug that he would give you, or you'd go yeah, give him a hug. Dad was really good at separating. And and I think that comes with experience. It comes with uh, just maturity in the game. I know as a young player in the game, I had a tough time leaving that the game at the ballpark. And and now when I get into having young kids, and it's like, I, I need to find out, as this is beyond the game now, I need to have my kids. I can't bring my bad attitude because I didn't get any hits tonight, or we lost the game, or I made an error this is real life now. Now it's dad and they don't care how many hits I got, especially when these kids are three, four years old. They don't care how many hits I got. They just know that dad's coming home to drive them home and get up early in the morning and take them to school. So you learn to separate that. So once again, as a little kid, I didn't care. I didn't worry about it. Yeah. I knew it was going to be, especially as I was getting a little bit older, I'd be seven, eight, nine. Now I knew it was going to be a little nicer of a car ride. If dad got a couple hits and they won, but at the same time, I knew it wasn't going to be a car, a bad car ride if they lost and dad went 0 for 4 because he he really he really separated that that well. I try to do the same thing. I try to mirror, to be honest with you, I try to mirror how I was brought up. Uh, I try to mirror that behavior with my kids, always have. I, I, I wasn't so that little guy. Savannah, little blonde Savannah's, you know, five years old running to see daddy. Oh, sure. No, I'm going to I'm going to give her the biggest hug in the world. But when, when I'm talking about going to their sporting events, I didn't want to oh, be seen. Well, that, that's where I was going to go next. Yeah, I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to make a big deal that, you know, Brett Boone, especially at the time when I was still an active player, 
you know, you go to a, a baseball game, it's a big deal when a big leaguer's in the stands. And I, I never wanted, I never wanted to, to make my kids feel that way. You know, they got pr- enough pressure on them anyway. I always try to just divert that away from it. And like today, you know, Jakey had a, uh, he got a, he got a knock. They lost, made a couple good plays in the field. And he had a couple of good at bats, but he, you know, the umpire was a little wayward, which they can be in a ball. And he thought he got, he thought he got screwed on a couple of pitches. And that's the first thing he's like, how about that third bat? You know, and that's usually what he wants to talk about, but I usually stay away from the critique or the praise. Now, if he has a really good game, I'll just kind of give him a smile and go, that's pretty good today, kiddo. And, and now we're talking about where we're going to dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he had a real rough one, uh, I'll leave that for later. And it's kind of, Hey, it, it happens. You know, we've all had these rough ones. I've had a million of them. And later on, maybe at dinner, maybe he'll want to talk about it. What'd you see in that third at bat? Now is when I, now I'm dad, the coach that, that will give him advice, but I'm rarely uh, the one initiating the conversation. If that makes sense. I, I'm waiting for him to come to me. If he comes to me, uh, okay, sit down and let's talk about this. But, but I let him come to me. Cause I, I know this game day-to-day basis hitting a baseball at the professional level, probably the toughest thing to do in sports. And I appreciate that. And, and I don't, I don't discount that when talking to him. Uh, but I'll tell you watching, here's what I found watching the kids at the pro level. It's really, it, it's really nerve wracking. I mean, I remember as a player, I'm down there. Yeah. I want to get some hits. I'm grinded, but it's me trying to get some hits. And I have complete control of the situation where you're up in the stands and all you can do, you've seen him work, you know, to get to this point. Uh, you want to see him do good so bad. It's it's like it's way more nerve wracking than being a player. And I'll tell you this, this is great advice for any little league parents or grandparents out there um, on the way home. Don't talk about the game. Let them bring it up. Don't yeah, you bring it up. That's a time to be a mom or a dad. And, yeah. and, and one day he's going to come to you and he's going to want to talk about Because if you if you if you constantly want to want to break down what just happened. Uh, as, as a player, I know this, you don't want to hear that. Now, like I said, when I got to the big leagues, I was a little older, a little more mature. I knew what's coming from grandpa, but for little kids, no, I, I was just, Hey, let's go get a snow cone and let's go hang out with my friends, go fishing, go do whatever we do. Let kids be kids. I always say that. And again, as Brett said, is for, for those of you that have older kids that are playing high school, listen, I probably cost my son Rigney an opportunity to make the varsity at Cathedral Catholic in San Diego because I'm standing there screaming like an idiot. Right, because you're you're that guy. I'm that, that guy. You're and, that and guy that I have. Right, you're that guy that I have to go tap on the shoulder and say, "Come here, come here with me, son," and I'll yeah. have a little talk with you how to bathe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there you go. Um, sexy manager, Windy City, looks good. Richie, looks sexy. Good. Yeah, he's um, you know, he's been doing it. Uh, at the high school level for a few years now, he lives up in Bend, Oregon. And I, he got a, I got a, you know, we we're just talking this off season. I knew this job was going to be available. And we just talked uh, briefly about it. And he said, you know, Brad, I, I, if, it, if it's available, uh, I'd really like that opportunity. Now, Richie got the job. It wasn't me, but I, I just, over the off season, he really started once he, he signed and he was going to be the skipper. Uh, I saw him change and really start taking this serious and Locking really in. start. Yeah. Starting to do his homework and finding the players because at this level in the independent baseball league, you've got to make phone calls and you've got to, you've got to get your data in line and find out, Hey, we need a third baseman. You know, they got a third baseman uh, from the Netherlands and he's a really cool kid and a good player, but that was tough. And it was a long negotiation to just get him over here. And uh, 
you know, so he did stuff like that. He went out and got pitchers uh, that you've got to find and make phone calls through his baseball connections. But I could tell how serious he was. And he really, he really is. I, it, it's amazing when you watch friends, uh, I watch Aaron do it on the field their demeanor changes and they love it so much. And I can, I can see that little twinkle in Richie's eye. I mean, yeah, he wants to win every night, but, but he really cares. And, and the thing about Richie, he's a great personality. That's the thing about going in, into the coaching side or the managerial side of professional baseball. A guy like Richie Sexton hit 45 home runs a couple years, had a great career. You get instant credibility when you walk in the room. Hey, that's Richie Sexton. That guy hit 45 home runs in the big leagues twice. Uh, it was a multiple time all-star of you get that credibility right away from the young players. Now, the thing is keeping that credibility and keeping that credibility is, Hey, you got to know what you're talking about. And most importantly, you got to be able to help these players. And when, when you can't help them, if, if, if there's a kid on that team that can't get a hit, he'll go to the peanut lady in the crowd to get a hit, to get a hit if she can help him. So it's easy having the credibility out of the, out of the, uh, the from the from the get go, but the tough part is keeping that credibility. Richie, I can tell already, and and once again, I stay out of it when I'm here. He's still my friend first, uh, manager second. But but when the game ends and and we have our time, where we're buddies. Um, I can see just being a part of being around those players. They really like him, and they really like playing for him. And that's half the battle, you know, being a manager, being a pr- people person, being able to handle. 25, 26 personalities in that clubhouse to get the best you can out of each one of them. That's the whole key to managing. Um, Not everybody's going to be happy with you all the time. Matter of fact, if 25 guys are happy with you all the time, I think you're doing something wrong. (laughs) Okay. Question then question. What kind of manager, what kind of manager would Brett Boone be like? I would take, uh, I, I, well, I have a, I have a, my own personality. I am the way I am. Uh, I, I would take a little bit, you know, I got to play for some pretty darn good managers, you know, Davey Johnson being one that I really hold in high. Uh, I, I really respected how he managed. I played for Bruce Bochy. I really loved how he, Bruce was such a person guy. I mean, you can't help but love Bruce Bochy. I played for Lou Pinella, who was, you know, everybody kind of has been documented. He's my favorite all time. And he wasn't a person guy and he was a different guy. He was a tough guy. He would test you. Uh, but I think I would take a little bit from, from the different managers as I've had, and I'd kind of weave them into one, but I think first and foremost, it's about managing people. It's no different than being the CEO of a company. And, and if your top performers a pain in the ass, that doesn't mean you fire them. That means how do I keep my top performer to be the top performer? Well, maybe I got to treat him a certain way where this guy over here who's, who's mediocre, I treat him a little bit differently, especially at the big league level. It's not everybody's treated equally. That's, that's a bunch of BS. You earned your treatment. You earned. I treat respect. everybody fairly. I just don't treat everybody the same way as what Jimmy Cor- Johnson Cor- used to say. Correct. And it is about that. It's about being treated fairly, but my job as a manager is what bottom line, throw everything out the window wins and losses. And, and if I can do my job managing people to get the best out of each individual and those different personalities, those different egos in that locker room, then I'm doing my job. So that's how I would, I would kind of present it. Who, okay. So if I have you managing in the national league. Yes. And I got another boon managing in the American league. Who's going to, who's going to win. Who's going to get tossed more you or Aaron, Aaron. 
I'm much more poised and I, and I have a way about, I know I, I push it right up to the river's edge. And I know when he doesn't think that umpire doesn't think it's cute anymore. Aaron tends to go over that river's edge. So, but he's I, the nicest between the two of you. Well, he used to be that, 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 that person. No, I sat with you two in San no. Diego. He's much nicer. Well, it than doesn't you matter. You, you're too close to me, so it doesn't matter. But now person, I, I think in the, in the, in the professional world, I think it's flip-flopping. I think Brett is becoming the the good guy, and Aaron's that guy with the cocky edge that gets thrown out all the game. So I'm kind of liking this. It's a role <laughs> reversal for me. It's something I've never had, but you know, I'm really as, as I get a little bit older, I'm really kind of enjoying it, Rich. All right, well, I'm going to see. I'm going to go to Yankee Stadium next week. And and by the way, who would come out on top? It doesn't matter. Who's got the better players? That's what it comes down to. There's only so much you can do as a manager. You can get the best out of what you got. But if you don't have the horses, I don't care who you are. You can all those managers I played for: Bruce Bochy, Lou Pinella, Davey Johnson, Bobby Cox. You can roll them all the, into one. Find the greatest manager of all time. If you ain't got the horses, you're gonna stink. By the way, you got to you got to tell me how Bob how Bob enjoyed the trip as well. Did he? Did he? Because uh, I would love to sit and watch a game with Bob one day. Well, the reason that we're not doing it from the room is because you know my dad. He's like Mr. Magoo. He'd be walking in the background, getting in our shot. You know. So, so I had to come down here to the lobby with the Wi-Fi is a little better. <laughs> but does he sit there and analyze the game? Look at sure. this. Look at that. Oh, dad, oh, that'd still, be awesome. Yeah, dad is still really, really sharp. And and think about it. It's his. It's been his entire yeah. life. You know. I mean, he, he's a teacher. I thought about it, and and 1969, he was drafted. Until a year ago. He had never, the beginning of a major league season, he had always been employed by a major league organization yeah. until recently. So to say that he's a lifer and, and this game's everything to him, I think would be selling it a little bit short. I mean, I remember you told me a couple of years ago, he went and all of a sudden you look around and there's Bob working with catchers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, believe me. And it's great because that's what they want. Hey, Bob yeah. lives in the house, you know? <laughs> And, and, uh, that's, that's invaluable. And, and dad can give you so many subtle tips, especially in the catching area that, right. that a lot of these catchers, you know, they'll go, Oh, I get to work with Bob Boone for a half hour. You know, it's, it's pretty cool. And he loves doing it and he's passionate about it. And, uh, you know, sometimes he, he is kind of an old school guy. Uh, you know, he's, he's trying to accept this new way. He doesn't like, he doesn't like those catchers getting on one knee, but the basic fundamentals of catch throw and, and calling a game and just the subtleties, it's really cool to listen to him talk because I was the farthest thing from a catcher. So somebody like that, that is so accomplished, even as his son that, that I've taken it for granted my whole life. Uh, it, it's cool for me to listen to something that's kind of outside my expertise catching. You know, mm -hmm. I never paid, I never paid that much attention to, to the catching position. Because I, not only have I never suited up back there, I was always a shortstop in the kid? second base. No, I wasn't allowed. Dad didn't let me. Oh, that's right. You told me that. All right. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, what club did you use when you were out there golfing? Uh, a little pitching wedge, a little knockdown pitching wedge. Is that one of your about eight feet? Eight feet. No, that, that was just out of the bag. That was. Just oh, okay. Out of you the didn't. Bag. You yeah, didn't. They, they got a bag there. You're not like the guy that goes to top golf and brings his own clubs, is he? No, no. Come That's on, me, by the way. I do that. The, the, the problem is, is you bring your own clubs and, and you're not good and, and you don't have a good showing. It's like, how about that guy who brought his own clubs and he still stinks? <laughs> that would be me. No. That would be me. Well, I mean, listen, I'm not Brett Boone with a great 
with a great set of clubs. Like I, I got my clubs in the last pro am I played with. We got uh, free irons for playing well, in the well, in a pro am. What, what's your number, Rich? What's your what's your index? I don't even know. And to the golfers out there, they, if you don't yeah, even know I've, what an index is, then I, I, if you don't know if you don't know what your index is, you don't need custom clubs. You just grab I've never it broken a hundred. You grab it off the rack and you just practice more. I wouldn't have had them fitted. Yeah, well, no one had a custom fit. It's not going to hurt. It's not. No, it didn't. Listen, I'll I'll hit a couple of nice shots. It's not like I'm Brett Boone where I've got the, you know, the the creme de la creme of clubs. Well, you might want to go out and and invest in the creme de la creme. Well, if I got if I got great clubs, what so how what would I do? So what do you shoot 100 now? You probably shoot 102 with your new custom clubs. You'd be all (laughs) excited thinking, oh, this is going to make a big difference. And really, you got to go. to. Yeah, but I'm a little jealous. You got to tell everybody where you went last week. You got to go to the range. Uh, No, I've I've been fortunate. I uh, Monday. Oh, Monday was fun. I went to the to the kingdom down in San Diego and at the tailor made fitting got fit. Uh, we by, got you. Uh, okay. Back up. You got see, listen, you just assume all of us know what it's like to be Brett Boone. Explain to us what the kingdom is and how I would actually be able to go. The kingdom is where all the pro golfers go down. You see the tailor made, uh, you'll see videos where all the pros go and they work on their shots and they, and they tweak their irons and they get their clubs fitted for them. So I got invited a buddy of mine, uh, Greg and, and, uh, why am I why am I blanking on uh, Perry? Perry is the gentleman that that fit me. He fits all the pros. And uh, I'll tell you, I had a blast because one thing I don't do, I've never done is go to the range and hit balls. The no. range for me is to practice. warm up and get my about practice, right? Get my body loose. That's why I go to the range, not to practice. But it's really cool to to work with the guys at the highest level and, and him saying brett you might want to change this you do you want to be a really good player i'm a six index do you really want to be a so this is perry this is perry perry the the custom club fitter right greg is greg is my buddy he works there at the kingdom as well he does fittings but he wanted me to be fit by perry for whatever reason so uh i got fitted by him he was great They, they both were tremendous it was it was a it was a really fun afternoon and like i said when i go to the range i usually don't have fun let me rip some balls let me get out of here but they were giving me some tips and he's like, Booney, if you ever want to be like a really, like a real player, you got to change your grip and this and that. And he was changing my grip and I was hitting shots and it was starting to feel a little bit better as time went on and uh really cool experience. And I, I wanted to give them a shout out. Thanks for having me out to the kingdom. Could I go? For a fee. Do you think it would help? Um, I this now I'm being serious for yeah. you, really a non-golfer. You, right. Like you said, you never broke a hundred. Uh, I'm going to use my stock answer for, for the people ask me about my baseball career. Did it, did it help growing up in a, in a major league family? And my answer now is, I don't know if it's going to help you rich, but it's not going to hurt you. See, it's, it's a great answer. It, right. it works for everything across the board. No, where is, where is the kingdom? Carlsbad. Carlsbad, North San Diego, North San Diego. So all the North, all North the, County, North County. Yeah. That's where all the tailor-made guys, the guys that, that uh, play tailor-maids on the tour. That's when they're in the area, they all go down there and that's kind of their big, their big headquarters where, where they all get their, you know, their clubs tweaked. And uh, like I said, it's fun. A lot of fun. I mean, that must be pretty cool. I mean, you're with guys that are with tour tailor-made players. Yeah getting your numbers and i don't really know what the numbers mean but they do and they hey you gotta get your spin lower yeah it was fun 
It was fun. Awesome. All right. So shout out to everybody at TaylorMade uh, for for having Booney come down there and get some uh, some club fitting. And, and by the way, it's kind of funny. It's like um, there's three thing all three things all men think they could do: build a fire, run a hotel, and run a baseball team. And then anybody who plays golf thinks that they can help everybody else because you've been getting golf tips. What did what did uh, Daly tell you the other day, John Daly? Stop swaying on my back leg. And he's he was watching video of my, you know, tee ball, and he said your back leg is swaying. That's going to make you inconsistent. And uh, that was in the back of my mind when I was hitting balls down at the range. And I'm thinking because they're, they're they've got me on this. You know, they they're keeping all my numbers and and we're finding video. out what those. Yeah. You want to get the spin rate down. My problem is the spin. Uh, my problem is the height of the ball. I, I got to get my, I got to get down to more of a tour trajectory. Uh, you, you play with a really good player and they, and it doesn't matter the conditions, the wind's in your face. They flight the ball down and it's really fun to watch where guys like me, I'll try to flight it down, but I'll probably flight it down once out of every three shots. And to see guys that can do it at will, uh, it's pretty cool to watch. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.